0: Listening to the Bloody Bits Order Show with your host, Eddie Yance.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host Eddie the Axe Jefferson, and joining me this week we have a very special guest, horror and sci-fi enthusiast, the Oprah of horror, host of the Horror Movies and Beyond YouTube channel, Ivotries Littles. Ivotries, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing. I'm doing great. It's hot, but I'm doing great.
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it is hot, man. I turned the fan off in here. It's Oh, man, it's sweltering, I tell you. I feel like I'm melting. But uh. So I, uh, I reached out to you a little while ago because I wanted to get you on the show because you you posted a video on uh, Twitter that, that piqued my interest. Uh, basically, you said that you found a lot of... Uh, um, help for your anxiety as well as kind of, uh, uh an interesting, uh, acceptance, uh, from horror and the horror community. And that, that really piqued my interest. So I, I reached out to you to say, Hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you about maybe that or whatever it is you would like to talk about today. Um, so I think first, the first question I'd have for you is, uh, what What's your background with horror? What, what got you interested?
2: Well, uh, horror movies has always been uh, a family affair. Like since I was little, uh, the first horror film I ever watched that I can remember being very little is The Thing with both my parents. Um, I was trying to sneak and watch it and to finally they just said, you know, just come in here and sit and watch it (laughs) because I I wanted to see what they were doing, you know, what they were watching. And then finally um, when I sat there and. The, the, the first scene I remember at that age is uh, when Copper, um, one of the doctors, was pushing on the chest, you know, trying to save Norris, and his chest opened up.
1: <laughs> Jesus. So
2: and, and I was, like, trying to cover up my eyes, and then, you know, his head <laughs> pulled apart and fell to the ground and was peeking around the desk and whatnot. And, you know, when you're four years old,
1: three, four. four, three, four <laughs> years. Oh my God.
2: Oh. I was a little, little girl. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it was, uh, it was very frightening and I cover I kept covering up my face and they were like, no, you're going to sit and watch this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they're like throwing you in the pond and telling you to learn to swim. Yeah. Man, Yeah. And wow.
2: And when once the head crawled, uh, across the floor to the doorway, that was when they they figured I had enough. (laughs) So they were like, get out of here. See, I told you, don't be trying to watch with a doctor (laughs) watching And it later, years later, became one of my, like, like, maybe I want to say about 12 years later, it became one of my favorite horror films uh, to this day. (laughs) After
1: that, Oh, yeah, the thing is phenomenal. Yeah. It's,
2: I think it's more for me remembering like, not only that it's a, a great film and special effects are just breathtaking. I think yeah. it was just that moment where I was with both my parents together watching yeah. something horrific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
2: it gives me memory of my dad at that time.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there is something very social about horror. Like, even even if the movie's not great, if you just you know throw it on and you've got a couple of friends or family there with you while you're while you're enjoying it, it makes it so much better.
2: It does. It really, so, really does. Man,
1: I have like I have a nine year old, and, and and I barely am like, all right, it's okay for you to watch scary stuff, but she's so fascinated by it though. Like, she's really into the uh, uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, and that kind of horror stuff. So I don't know. I'm having a real hard time. Yeah, i, I mean, here I host a horror show. I, I have a really hard time though, like dosing it out to her, like, well what are we gonna what are we gonna try you on just yet? The thing though, that's a <laughs> man, that's that's starting at like eleven <laughs> on a scale of one to ten.
2: Well that that yeah, that was you know, really harsh my parents. But I also grew up during a time it was like, um, are you afraid of the dark? You know, Nickelodeon had some little scary things I used to come on too. So those are a little bit more tamed (laughs) than straight through the, you know, head pulling apart, sliding across.
1: (laughs) Yeah. See, I might be a little older than you. Uh, For me on Nickelodeon, they had this uh, eerie, it wasn't Nickelodeon, it was Erie, Indiana, that was kind of like a kids' version of the X Files, almost. Oh wow! Yeah. And that was yeah, that was uh, interesting. Line. I
2: don't remember that. So yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, for for me, it was uh, going over to my buddy's house because they had HBO, and we'd stay up late and watch Tales from the Crypt, which uh, that 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 was the kind of formative horror stuff for me. So so the, the, you scared that got the hell scared <laughs> out of you, but about three or four. And and then, how long was it until you decided you're going to dip your toes back in? Well,
2: it's uh, it it was an ongoing thing from there. Um, Mm. Yeah, our family, it it was like, oh, we're going to the movies. We're going to go see The Fly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's a that's a real doozy. So, oh yeah, I mean
1: anything Cronenberg. Yeah,
2: any. So The Fly, Aliens, Pet Cemetery, um, Pet Cemetery, and Aliens. I saw at the drive-in, and when oh, those were popping, driving. I mean they were everywhere yeah. it, the screen is just massive <laughs> and yeah. that is scary, and I've seen evil dead too in this in the driving, so it was a man. family thing i mean the ghoulies, the demons uh, oh my gosh it, it, it was just a thing, so it was always in my in my you know in my life. Uh, it was like the normal thing hey it's Friday night Saturday night so let's get a VHS you know remember those VHS? Mm-hmm.
1: oh I've, <laughs> yeah, I just purchased one off uh, eBay just about a week ago <laughs> so
2: so it, it was normal um, but as I grew older I, I, I got to understand you know I realized that it, it's not real you know when you're in your late mm-hmm. a,
1: the boogeyman
2: under the bed is not real um, right but but yeah, it was just it was always there. It got I further dipped my toes to where it was like, hey, this is this is something I enjoy all the time. Had to be when my boyfriend took me to Kamikaze, where it was Los Angeles Comic Con. Um, okay, and we went there and I found the booth as I was walking around. I it said Full Moon Features, and I was oh, yes. and I was like Full Moon. But the things that I was looking at was like I've seen that before, you know, I just didn't know of the um of the title formal features and I'm like, why am I seeing Blade up there? you know why am I seeing characters right. and as I got closer and I was like, oh oh gosh i I remember these dolls, I remember all this stuff, and I was like, um I had said it out loud to I guess somebody was working at the vendor, and I was like, gosh, I wish I could get the the producer director creator of these yeah i have questions yeah. and she was like sure like that she was like excuse <laughs> me uh, charles Ben." she wants to talk to you i was like holy
1: oh my god, god.
2: <laughs> and he walked over and he was like hey how's it going i was like oh wow. my god charles Ben! oh my god and we talked for a couple of hours i bought dvds wow and he gave me a plush doll of blade um
0: Oh and I god I still have I love it that.
2: and and ever since then it was kind of that I could talk cuz the questions answers I mean the questions I was given, he was just freely answering and mm-hmm. I was like if, I'm good at this that. and that's when I started a blog but it, my blog was um called Nerdtastic girl and it was kind of general it wasn't focused okay. just on horror it was just general anyone I would talk to at the comic cons and stuff uh about years later, I wanted to, because I, I started collecting more horror figures and DVDs. And I was like, you know, I, I feel more comfortable with horror. And so that's when I was trying to develop uh, horror movies and beyond, and the title and what I want to do with it. And yeah, and it just went from there. And that was probably a year and a half ago.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I that's just the experience though. <laughs> hey, I wanna I wish I could meet the guy. Oh yeah, hold on. Let me go get him. Like that's <laughs> man, that's so phenomenal to me. Yeah.
2: He's a very hard guy like to find. Like if you're at a yeah. he's rarely at the cons. So I met him twice at the cons. That first time. And the second time he came around was probably a year or so later at another con and I waited two hours for him because he kept they kept saying, Oh, yeah. he's gonna show up and then he didn't show up and I was like, crap and he came walking up and I and he saw me. I didn't say anything. I was just standing there. And he, mm-hmm. you know, put his stuff away and everything. And he and someone was like, Oh, Charles Bag, can you sign this? He said, Hold up, hold up. I gotta give I gotta go over there and give a hug to my best girl And I was Aww. like and
0: he gave me a awesome. Yeah, he
2: signed my doll's BHS.
0: nice and that was the last
2: time i saw that was years ago
1: (laughs) so speaking of puppet master you are blade fan that's your that's your go-to doll
2: um actually no (laughs) but hey it was was free it was it was it was from his hand it's very special (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. but um i can never remember the dolls unless i write them down or anything but it was the I liked the. I think it was the gesture.
1: Yeah. So I have one of the toys, and that's the one I have as gesture. Oh,
2: okay. But the three faces yeah, yeah. that
1: spin around. Uh-huh. And, yeah.
2: <laughs> I liked yeah. him. I, I liked him. I thought yeah, he's he was cool. uh, cool. were more crazier, but for mm-hmm. him, it was it was always that anticipation when the faces turn. Like, where is it going to stop? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's almost as similar to Two Face flipping the coin yeah. right before he's going to make his choice about about who you're dealing with yeah. today. Definitely. So that's awesome, man! What what a great way to get involved in in the horror community. And so so the horror community you said has been like kind of particularly receptive and, and uh, inviting. And I, it's funny starting the podcast the first couple of uh, people that I spoke with immediately after, you know, we hung up, they're like, okay, that was fun. That was great. How are you liking the horror community? Because everybody here seems like really cool and they're, you know, very accepting and they're really trying to, to just embrace people and get more people into it. Is that, have you also found that to be kind of a unique experience or?
2: um, Yeah. I, I've noticed that it really is. Um, <clears throat> rather it, it whether you're trying to put something out there or you're an expert, it just seems like it's the same across the board. And I believe because um, the horror genre is always, it's, it's looked as a strange, weird genre. It's, it's always been the stepchild of the film of Hollywood or whatever you want to. Um, yeah. So we're, we're all outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we all know what it feels like, you know, you're walking around with, you know, your Freddy, you know, kruger shirt and stuff like that and automatically
0: mm-hmm.
2: someone is like, "Oh, they're weird," you know what I'm saying? So, um Yeah. And then there's always little pop-up conventions or or little events and stuff like that that's geared towards horror and then you see the people that go. I mean, I mean they it, makeup is all crazy hair is wild you know they could be themselves Mm -hmm. and and no one cares where i went to regular conventions and people who are dressed as horror icons don't get that much attention because they want to see iron man you know they want to see thor when you go to those so but those same people that dress up like the freddy's Jason, michaels candy man's or whatever when they go to the horror conventions, you know, everyone swarms to them. You know, I want to take a picture. You act like you're cutting me in half. I mean, you see, <laughs> you see that kind of um, acceptance. So mm-hmm. I think that's why the community is—it's such a tight knit Like, well, we welcome you because I—we already know how it is out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So what's funny is like some of my other interests, like I'm into uh, video gaming, like specifically like retro game kinds of stuff. And it's like you look at that community online and everybody hates each other. (laughs) Like it's the worst. Some of the most toxic fan bases ever. Then, then, like, my, my wife is a screenwriter, and screenwriter Twitter is just insane with people, like, if you're breaking formatting rules, then you don't even know what you're doing. and Well, I'm, I'm holding a workshop to teach you guys how to write your screenplays better, but then it's, like, other people criticizing them. Well, you've never even had anything made, so why the hell should somebody pay you?
0: Oh,
1: and, man, yeah. Oh, God, and, yeah, and you're so right, though, with the horror. It's just, like, even if you disagree with somebody's take, it's just, like, whatever. I don't know. I guess you could like the the Friday the 13th remake. It's cool. So
2: yeah, yeah. I I've, I've never experienced anybody coming at me all foul yet. At least yeah. Yeah. But
1: yeah, well we'll see. Maybe you'll say something in the podcast <laughs> and I'll like get on your case about it. I doubt it. Uh so yeah, then then I asked you on Twitter what what you wanted to talk about and you came at me with a subject that I wasn't expecting. And quite frankly, I think it's a really good one. So what did you want to talk about today? Oh,
2: uh, <laughs> the, <clears throat> the, the characters that scare us, you know, why re- the boogeyman. Like, why is mm-hmm. he loved or hated? And why do we, you know, as the audience, come back for more, you know, for the boogeyman? Like, why is the boogeyman so popular? And uh, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. are we looking for the boogeyman, or or is it something that the boogeyman have that we want?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's a lot to get into there. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm being a little bit. Silly with that. I, I one of my episodes I did. I covered the movie The Shining, and it went about three hours. That was after it was edited. Uh, so yeah, things can run a little long. So don't feel bad about bringing in a, a subject that, that's a little complicated. So when when you brought this up to me, you brought up some some good examples. I think of uh, well well because in horror you've got a lot of different kinds of boogeyman esque things right you brought in um of course you know the classics texas chainsaw massacre nightmare on elm street uh i guess so so we have a little framework for the discussion the um these these monsters that 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 are the the stories that if you could put them in a box if you could put i guess if you could define it what what would you say are specific to these? Because like the stuff is a horror movie, but I wouldn't put it in the same category yeah, as what we're talking about today. Yeah,
2: I think um, I chose, you know, examples like these because it shows how uh, you know one story just keeps going. Like a, it's I was gearing towards a franchise type look yeah, to it, okay, um, not just mm-hmm. one movie and that's it. I wanted I chose something where people rather it's it, you know the studio execs or fans want more it was it was just like something that kept going kept going for years yeah and rather if it's doing really well in the theater or not people you know fans of those particular movies or in the horror genre it's going to watch them, you know and they became so they became a symbol of themselves and uh, fans sometimes praise them you know they become idolized
1: <laughs> yeah you know yeah. um i mean even to yeah. the point where that kind of becomes meta and is represented in the film like uh Wes craven's new nightmare mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which is kind of about well it's meta it's it's that freddy is a uh, a character in a movie that that uh is played by robert england so. <laughs> yeah it's interesting, yeah, that they kind of commented on that the 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 fandom, I guess, of these larger than life kind of characters. Um, so, but but why why is it that you think that they have this lasting appeal? Um, specifically, like I would say, like a like a Jason, you've got kind of a mindless. Character that that's uh, always pursuing and 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 unrelenting, Mm -hmm. but 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 what about him specifically? Because there's been a number of you know that kind of a monster movie. What what do you think would be specific to him, or or maybe that he created that trope? I don't know. (laughs) That that makes him stand out.
2: I think he stands out because you know he was this in in the beginning. He was just this innocent child that, you know, just doing what kids do, you know, by the lake, swimming, whatnot, and he wouldn't, you know, and when he drowned because, you know, someone wasn't watching, someone wasn't paying attention, that was supposed to be mm. paying attention, and did Yeah, it, it's kind of like a revenge, I'm going to mm. come get you later, but in the first one, we all know, you know, it wasn't
0: him, <laughs> right.
2: you know, person, right but the idea of revenge is mainly in the first one and it, it it's i think people want to see how these teens get killed how people got killed you know and it was always different you know you know whether they get stabbed through the neck on the bed or stabbed on the you know getting pushed to the wall or slammed against the tree it was like
1: oh that was one of my yeah. favorites
2: <laughs> it's like the sleeping yeah. bag on the tree, <laughs> yeah. man. It, 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 it It's like, what's next? You know, how they're going to get, get it, it's not about the story anymore. We already know what happened and, and how he came back and why and all these things. But it, we were rooting for him to get those, rather they wronged or not. You know, and then we, we yeah. had, then we developed some type of, um, like formula of that as well, I think. Okay, well, you're sitting there and watching it, and you know you see two teams about to like get it on. You already know, <laughs> you yeah. know what's going to happen. <laughs> so we started becoming, you know, fascinated. We we became the character. We start to understand the character. We start having our own list of who's going to die or or live. There were rules, and we follow those. So I think. Rather, he's a mindless, you know, being or, or or monster or goat, you know, whatever it may be, killing mm-hmm. people where we're wondering what's, you know, can, I wish I had that strength, you know, I, I'm getting bullied <laughs> at, at school and yeah. I would like to come after, you know, the jock that's, you know, punking people around and stuff like that. So he becomes so a symbol of themselves, I guess. <laughs>
1: That that is interesting. I never thought of it though. So it's almost like a silent protagonist that we we are identifying with and maybe that's why this genre appeals to the outcast in a way is you've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of kind of like the fantasy of hey, you know maybe uh maybe I'd like to bash that guy's head in against the tree and have a little smiley face of blood <laughs> left over. You know. <laughs> Uh, but but then it, there's also the fear of feeling pursued, though while while you're watching it, you know. So maybe I don't. Maybe it scratches two different itches well, that, that we that we. Yeah, have. that's
2: true too. I guess it's that you have those people watching it, right? And then you have the the girl or the guy running through the woods, and all of a sudden they're falling down, and you're like, "There's no rocks or you know trees around." You know, then you you kind yeah. of follow, you know, that kind of. Uh, uh, formula or whatever, but as you're watching, you're like, man, I wouldn't fall down. I know what not to do. <laughs> I'm not gonna run into the right. woods if a monster is after me or a killer. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna run up the stairs. Why not run out the door? Always have an extra battery of on your phone or something. You know, you you start thinking that way, and I think, right, <laughs> in a very um, subconscious way, we are using that information. For if a real life situation happened, not Jason following you, but maybe right. I'm not going to go down that, I'm not going to go down that uh, alleyway. you know, I'm not going to be left behind. I'm going to make sure I have the car keys in hand. You know what I mean? Like you, it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just, <laughs> it's a survival technique. And so
1: it becomes so. Another interesting thing that I've found in doing this podcast, and I haven't been doing it for for that long. I mean, this is going to be coming out probably in October. um, So it'll have been maybe four months I've been doing it, but but been getting a pretty good response from people, is uh, unlike a lot of podcasts or a lot of different um, interest groups, let's say, which are generally male-dominated, you see, like along with this and true crime, that it, it's pretty much an even split of the fan base, maybe even sometimes leaning more uh, uh, of a female uh, fan base. And I heard uh, an interesting uh, a lady was talking about it on one of the true crime podcasts that I listened to, and she said that she's so interested in true crime because... It's almost like it's preparing her in case she's put in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, here's all the things these people did wrong to get caught by Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> mm-hmm. or, uh, <laughs> you know, one, one of these killers. Here's what I'm going to do right. Yeah. So that, that's interesting that you mentioned that, that, that it's almost the preparatory and, and in my notes, and I have a little bit of stuff that I kind of got into the boring, like what the history is of the Boogeyman. That it actually goes back to like the Hobgoblin, I guess, which was a uh, uh, 1500s term uh, in Middle English. But the roots of it are actually unknown, like where, where that concept is. And I was thinking about it because uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the guy that wrote Fight Club, he, he wrote a book called uh, Invisible Monsters," and he kind of talks about in that how back in 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 our uh, evolution we we used to live in fields and we had to worry about like just animals in nature just fucking killing our asses one day, you know, <laughs> so we were always like checking our peripherals and and uh, we'd see shit out of the corner of our eye and and it made us kind of scared and, and that's our uh, that's what we come from, and maybe a little bit of that's still kind of stuck in our brain. So watching these horror movies and seeing this Jason and being afraid of being chased by him, maybe that triggers that primal kind of thing in us, but in a really safe way, mm-hmm. you know, like like uh, like going on a roller coaster a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do agree with that. The boogeyman. Um, <clears throat> was something that, I mean, it goes all the way back to where stories can't even be told. I mean, they found, yeah. you know, cave drawings of stories of monsters things like that where they think it is, you know, by interpretation. Mm-hmm. But those kind of stories were used to, you know, keep people, you know, in line. You know, if, if yeah. you go this way, this will come get you. And it became, you know, a folklore story to tell around campfires or just, you know, to keep villages and things like that um, in order and safe. So, and then it later it became one of those things where adults would tell you, you know, hey, you know, if you're not a good kid, you don't do your homework or eat your vegetables, you know, someone's going to come out of the closet, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. well, it depends on how you look at that. But go out of the closet or under the <laughs> bed. <laughs> um,
1: so I was I was going to get into Nightmare on Elm Street, but I think you'd be talking about part two with that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that that totally makes sense because that's the whole thing with a lot of these, right? Is whatever you do, don't have sex before you're married, which is like such a puritanical, like weird, stupid, anti progressive. View, but but still, you know, it's like, well, uh, these teenagers are getting busy, <laughs> and and look what's going to happen now. There's going to be a spear coming up through the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to move next, like I was saying a little bit, to to Nightmare on Elm Street, because I, I I'm with you with Hex, uh, uh or with um Friday the Thirteenth. Maybe we can identify with poor poor sweet Jason Voorhees, who drowned because you know people were being mean to him nightmare on elm street i don't know if we can identify with freddy so much uh (laughs) his background not not super great Mm no i'll 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 put it that way he he is certainly out after revenge that's for sure but i don't think we're meant to identify with the monster here and and in fact um in i have an episode recorded that unfortunately the audio quality was abysmal so I don't know how it's going to to come out, about the first Nightmare movie. So I'm going to have to record it again. Uh, But Wes Craven was was talking about the fact that we have to sleep and the fact that we have to dream and we have no idea where that comes from. Mm -hmm. And that fear, that fear of this uh, inevitability that we can't control. And that that is what he really originally based Freddy off of. So going, going along with that a little bit and, and with um, The Nightmare on Elm Street, what, what's, what's your experience with that series? What, what, what's your take on it? Because, it, I mean, it certainly got far away from the original after a little while, but, but what's, where do you land on that one?
2: I think, uh, yeah, uh, there's some truth that, as an audience, um, we can we mostly cannot identify ourselves as Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he does have that revenge factor that we can Very little, but we can I think Freddy um, is more of the nightmare that we face in, in our minds, not just in our dreams, but you know, things that we feel, things that we go to bed with. So if we you know, having these thoughts of, you know, our life sucks and it's like you've taking it, you go into bed with it, It, you know, that thing, you don't go to bed angry at each other. (laughs) And I think it's part of that manifest. It it just, it becomes like something you have to defeat. And in your dreams, you're the most vulnerable because sometimes you can't remember your dreams and in your dreams, you're not, you're, you're less control. You, You don't have that much control over what happened. And I think it's he represents that, like you think you have more control until you actually have to face them, um, and then
1: yeah, I, um, I mean they do a very great job representing mm-hmm. that, like in in the first one with uh, when she's when she's trying to run up the yeah. stairs, right. And it's the the uh, the bisquick stares yeah. <laughs> that that's slow because it's you're so right because like you get into the dream where somebody's talking some shit and then they maybe start a fight with you and you go to punch them and what happens? Mm-hmm. You just your hands slow and you <laughs> they're still going fast, but uh, yeah, that's so true. And
2: he, on the other hand, can control what happens in the nightmare. I think I think he has a not full control of exactly what goes on in your dream, but he can manipulate um, a little bit at a time. Because it, and think about it, if if he controlled exactly everything that went on in your dream, there'd be no movie, <laughs> because he could just just kill you anywhere. He can go anywhere, but it's a cat and mouse. I mean, he can only control so much, and then at that moment, I think it's that. Fear as well you know she tried to go out the door it didn't work out so going upstairs oh I'll just run upstairs but then it becomes you know you know the feet seeking in and you know she's trying her hardest but and then it's like why don't Freddie just pop up right then and there you know no he he. it's also taking his time as well so he I think has rules in itself not and a dreams, you know him as an entity uh, entity has rules he must follow but he also like i said he represents the things that we face every day that we go to sleep you know but sometimes you know taking some of that stuff with you could kill you and and i think that's what he originally represented fear that the fear that we take to bed with us can what can it you know can it kill us can it not um, you know, who knows, but she, I think, um, when Nancy had figured it out, how to bring him to the real world, um, I think that's when she faced what it really was and she had to face it in the real world. It wasn't a, it wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't yeah. a dream. In yeah.
1: Life. Because it, at that point she also faces so. some of the other struggles that she is having in in her life with her parents mm-hmm. and They're, Yeah. That's a very good yeah point.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: definitely. Her mom was a, I guess an alcoholic just and her wrapped dad. Wrapped up in was his just,
0: work. Just
2: yeah, just completely wrapped up and that's what kids oh, in yeah, real life yeah. kids go through that. You know. So I think, you know, having this monster inside in her mind when she falls asleep and having the monster you know outside her parents. You know, our parents over there drinking and, you know, dad outside into his work and not paying attention, yeah. you know, so it's like, yeah. well, damn, the where monster do you get almost it up.
1: makes it easier because, like, at least you can see him, you know, <laughs> at least it's like, there's this fucker <laughs> yeah. that I can, like, hit with yeah. a sledgehammer or something. So, getting, getting on to, to, I think, one of the next. Well well, I mean you brought me in a lot of examples. I'm I do not want to lead this whole thing here. Come on.
2: Uh no, well, it was like alien. It, yeah, is you don't have to go in any
1: kind of order here. Like
2: Oh, okay. Well then just, just Sleepaway sleep, sleep,
1: Camp is sleep one away, of my favorite yeah. series. <laughs> uh, I'm actually I've got a guy who's a filmmaker who's gonna be coming on here to cover the movie that got him inspired into making films and, and choosing his, his career path was Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, (laughs) I don't get me wrong. I love the first sleepaway camp. Love it. Like that thing blew my fucking mind when I saw it because I had no idea what I was going into. I just I was living in Longview, Washington because I I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, like fuck, you know, middle of nowhere, like nothing going on. And I was lucky enough that across the street from where I was living there was a uh, video rental store and it had a deal where it was like here give us $100 and you can have unlimited rentals throughout the summer right yeah, it was a little mom pop place oh. like they didn't do a lot of traffic you know but but uh, i was one of those kids that my folks are just like all right just don't don't get anybody pregnant and don't burn anything down and you're you're fine like anything else <laughs> that happens so so they were actually managing a motel at the time and there's like a little house built into the to the motel but it's really small and I have kind of a big family. So one of the motel rooms actually had broken plumbing so they couldn't rent it out. So they're like, all right, Eddie, just, you go ahead and stay in that motel room. That's your room, right? So then if you have to take a shower or whatever, just come back into the house. But So I just sit up there and rent all of these terrible horror movies from across the street. And just like I ran through everything they had, you know? Uh, I even got to to the point where I'm like, oh, they got faces of death. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like in middle school. And the, the person renting them to me is like, are you sure it's okay for you to rent this? And I'm like, yeah, my, my parents said I'm already messed up enough. So it's not like going to do anything to me. Uh-huh. Like, okay. But I remember it was summertime. I had my my friend was over visiting. And I, we grabbed Sleepaway Camp because it's just like, well, this looks perfect, right? I mean, you look at the cover, and it's just a camp mm-hmm. where a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of dudes in really short shorts, are getting killed. Some of the shortest <laughs> shorts. God, I wish we'd bring that back, man. Uh, I mean, just uh, to wear I them. Know. I like wearing some short shorts, man. <laughs> but those are shorty short shorts. Yeah, they're short. the kind of shorts you could see a man's religion in. It's a a little much. <laughs> so we uh, we rented that, and we're watching. We're like, all right, this is kind of. And then we get to the end. And I'm like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait a minute. What? Hold on. Wait a minute. And so then it's funny because I saw that this is like back in 93, maybe 94. Well, it was a while ago. And then, you know, it has this resurgence online and kind of takes a life of its own. But under the vein of, like, why, why are these characters that we, we keep going back to, or what do they have that we admire or we hate or that we, as the audience, want, I want to know where your, where your needle lands on this one, all right?
2: <laughs> well, um, I think it goes a little bit more deeper than what we're watching. You know, you, you a group of kids, go camp, you know, some don't want to go, some do want to go, It's just, you know, a bunch of teens, you know, horny teens or whatever, um, bullies, you got the jocks, you got the girls that think they're all bad. I mean, it, it has everything. Yeah, I mean, we
1: can relate to all of it. <laughs> I get that.
2: Yeah. I mean, everything is there, but I think that It goes deeper than that. And this is why, you know, you have this kid that's in, you know, at a camp, but then we see bits and pieces of her backstory. And obviously it's some kind of child abuse. (laughs) Yeah, but we're not sure, but it it, it seemed like it was um, putting pieces together. And this child was forced you know, to have this, a normal life, quote unquote, but it really wasn't normal. But in this, in the same process, she was constantly being picked on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and, and mistreated by these teens. And I think having that, you know, abuse at home, being mistreated and and all this and and going through whatever horrific things um, she was going through Take that and still have to go to camp where people are mistreating you and talking bad about you and embarrassing you and doing terrible things. I mean, it, it, you start to manifest this, uh, this monster, you know, and it's like, how can you, you know, go through life knowing that you're different? You know, you're looking at girls that don't look like me but my mom says I am, you you know what I mean? You're going to be this, you're dirty girl. You're going to be this, you know? And then it's like, she's staring. It's not because, you know, she wants them or anything. She's trying to understand what's wrong with me as well as, you know, going at home and being treated like that. So the story, I think it's a little bit more deeper and complex than, you know just a oh, it really is. Of- <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: if I'm not mistaken, um, the very first person that gets killed in that is the cook, right? And the, the cook, I believe tries so, yeah, yeah. to yeah, engage to in some uncool <laughs> yeah. relations with a kid. So, I'm cool yeah. with that one, like, I support that. <laughs> 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 oh man. No, that, okay. I I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Cause you're, you're looking at Angela. She's the outsider, right? Like she's also like yes. literally mm-hmm. the silent protagonist a little bit. We, we follow her. She doesn't talk yeah. at all. She doesn't really know how to engage yeah. normally with anybody. Yeah. It's. But, but yeah. you find
2: out why is, you know, you find out why because you know, you have, Crazy yeah. at home, you know. You you are a dirty girl. You're gonna look like this. You you're you're this, and then you're
0: you're kind of yeah. like,
2: what? Of course, she's not gonna talk. You know, she's a she's a boy, and you know there are cases mm-hmm. and real cases that parents actually
1: yeah have yeah. Done There's a pretty famous case of this where, actually in Canada you know, that, that happened. Um, I f- I forget the name of the person, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's specifically what you're talking about and uh did didn't didn't end well <laughs> did not end well um and, and you know that could play out either way right like um denying somebody their their sexual identity the and first, agency oh. and enforcing your views upon them is a, a horrible thing to do especially to a child and you see i mean it's abuse like you said it, and and it certainly did not work out well <laughs> <laughs>
2: no I and, I and i also think if if you go deeper than that I think it's at that point of you know like you said identity like the first you know the whole trans transgender you know is it something that we grow into or uh, are we forced to be something we're not you know I think it kind of played that a little bit um it was very it was very little it didn't really yeah. like I mean, push we weren't that there as yet, much, yet as a culture to have as, that
1: conversation and we're he,
2: yeah we're yeah, barely there to have that
1: conversation week. today unfortunately like <laughs> yeah
2: because during that time it, it came out 83 during that time i mean the whole aids epidemic was going on you know so um it, it was a really touchy subject for them to really
1: no no, absolutely I mean I remember like (laughs) this was a little because I saw it later on but this was a little after like like I said I grew up in a very rural area of Washington like homophobia and and racism and all these things were very very real you know I grew up around it and it it was it for this to to try to touch on it even in a small way like in 83 is crazy to me it's uh it's fascinating
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so definitely you have those kind of uh you know underlying stories that goes with that but i really think if you the bigger picture was um child abuse and being bullied you know both of those combined along with the pressures of trying to make friends and then those people turned or get back on you it's like what do you do and it just kept that revenge feeling, um, that monster inside, yeah. the Boogeyman, yeah. if you want to put it, um, it, it started to create. Like, I want to get back at this person. What can I do? How can I get rid of them? And she found oh, yes. her way.
1: Oh, some of them are very creative, the mind you. And, um, the yeah. uh, the <laughs> curling iron, that, oh boy. Oh boy, I am, I'm, I'm a man and that hurt me i'm like damn <laughs> uh the bees like yeah there's so many and uh yeah i mean almost perfectly dovetailing because we're we're coming up on an hour here pretty soon is so you've got these these topics of revenge and abuse and 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 oppression and, and trying to uh Well, trying to tell the story of of these, you know, in in some ways sympathetic, especially like with Angela, of course, and with Jason initially. I think the to to wrap this one up, the subject I want to get into is Candyman. Which to me, uh, of the ones that you put on the list, this is the one that I remember specifically I was allowed to watch almost any horror movie growing up, but for some reason my family's like, this one might be a little too intense, which is so funny because then I saw it and I'm like, I I don't know. I mean, it is a very intense movie. Don't get me wrong, but coming from my family, I'm like, I I don't think you know why it's as intense as it actually is. (laughs) I think you, I think it's maybe scared you. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah. That's one of them you have on the list here and please.
2: <laughs> well, I saw Candyman um, months after my birthday. Um my sister took me, I was twelve. <laughs> and pretty, uh um, yeah, like I said, it was I, a family. I'm sorry I, I
1: hate to I, I really hate to interrupt, but uh, if I have a nine year old daughter who <laughs> is into horror stuff, right? I, I want to get your opinion on this. What's the first movie I should introduce her to horror wise and when? Like, I, just from your perspective, because you're, you're raised in this.
2: <laughs> well, wait, how old is she? Nine?
1: She's nine, yeah.
2: I would, nine years old, I would start off with the fun horror, like something, um, you know, killer clowns from outer space uh critters uh maybe even watch um i mean if, if you could find are you afraid of the dark tales from the crypt i would i would do monsters i would do kind of the quirky you know um fun horror i wouldn't go straight to the gut because
1: yeah you don't probably wanna, wouldn't I, go to Candyman immediately
2: <laughs> i mean <laughs> i wouldn't go too intense, but you can also figure out what she likes. I mean, if she's sitting there, you know, um, going through and you see her looking at, you know, uh, what what is it? uh, Forensic files or something like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's my wife, unfortunately. You know,
2: it's kind of like, "Mm, okay, but but you still want to make sure they know the fun side, because horror is supposed to be fun. It's fake.
1: That, yeah, that's yeah, it's a you, roller coaster ride. Yeah, right.
2: you really yeah. want to put that in their head that this, when we put this movie in, it's fake. When it says based on a true story, this movie is still fake.
1: <laughs> you oh, that's to, a very yeah, sh- that's a good way to do that.
2: Yeah, you still need to do that. But if they say, but it says based on a true story, true story, I know what true story is. Well, then that's when you show the research, the real story. And make sure they know that the story that you put in, especially like Conjuring or The Exorcist, that that is an actress. And then show her a movie with the other act- with the same actress in it. Then she, as a child, would know, oh, well, that's the same actress. She died in that one. It's fake. You know what I mean? Th- that's how I would do it. And that's how I realized, because that I've watched multiple movies. And I would see the same person in there, and I kind of put two to because when you're like, you know, four four, five, six, oh my God, the boogeyman is coming to get me, Freddy's. I can't go to sleep. But if, if you're watching other movies with other characters, especially uh, Johnny Johnny Depp was, you know, that was his first film Nightmare. But then you know, there's twenty Jump Street. There's other things one in, of the, and one you're of the like, oh,
1: death scenes too with Johnny Depp, man.
2: Yeah. You know, you're like, he's sunk in the bed, but he's over here fighting crime. You get it? Yeah, now all of a
1: sudden, he's a pirate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So That's good. Okay.
2: Definitely um, try as the parent. It's the parent's job to let them know, this is fake. What's real? Forensic files is real. And then that's a whole nother story you're going to have to do. But as far as like for fun, having a good time, laughing... Mommy, Daddy, I'm scared, but it's okay. Then do the quirky, fun. You know, there's tremors. Okay. Um,
1: tremors is a yeah. Good one. I would that, do. That's a really good one. Yeah,
2: I would do things like that. Like that.
1: Floor is lava. The movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. That's. I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to inter- interrupt you. It's no, just. It's fine. You, You've got very thoughtful opinions on everything that we've talked about. And I'm like, I, I want to pick your brain on so many different subjects. I really do. Um, So so one of the points my wife brought up also is maybe we should show her the behind the scenes stuff. Like, here's how that practical yeah, that effect too. worked. So like maybe if when you were a kid, if, if, if they when they were doing the defibrillator scene and the thing, if they're like, all right, so here's how the guy was under the table operating the mechanic that did that. I don't know. Maybe at three or four, it still wouldn't have worked. But <laughs> sorry, I totally sidetracked you. You're 12 years old. It's the day after your birthday.
2: Yeah, and right? uh, my sister was like, "Oh, let's go to the movies." <laughs> and as I was walking, I seen on the marquee say "Candyman," and I was like, "Oh, okay." I was terrified. <laughs> the first part, no. Nothing scared me because it, it just it was giving that atmosphere, you know, The even the sound of the, the music for it was really good of, of giving you the tone of it. And especially the camera, the flashing of the lights, because it always gives you that moment of what you're going to see, but you don't see anything yet. Like You never see anything. And then she climbs into uh, community Green and. And everything like that, it, it climbs into the walls of, at Greeny Green, and it tells you the story of these murderers and things that happened there, and how they use Candyman to scare the the residents there, doing things, you know, these drug dealers did that or whatever. But you follow this woman, Helen, and you know, and her and her friend, you know, it was her for her thesis, I think, you know, to study this, study this Candyman. Who is this candy? And it, be, and it becomes a very innocent story until one day, one of the, I guess, the professor friends actually, you know, kind of gave you a backstory of that. And you watch that unfold, and it definitely touches, you know, during that time of the whole forbidden love. You know, um, if you're Black, you can't love a white woman, and, and vice versa but and and that's pretty sad because it definitely deals with you know slaves and you know the brutality of that how that is forbidden like torturing and how they thought it was okay um and, and things like that but i i think it also gives like another relationship that people have is like the always that forbidden love you get, you some people you just can't be with because you're not in equal to Regardless, it's skin or financial or whatever. Sometimes you just can't get to that. And it plays a part of of people using a story to scare people. And it goes back to that folklore, that legend. That it became something where it started to manifest. And people start seeing it. Especially her. Because no one was seeing it until she kept pushing for it. And then her friends saw it. So is Candyman physically there or is she be- she was Candyman because that's what she forced herself oh. to believe
1: okay i mean okay. If, so, that's if
2: you go deep it's like yeah audit, no but I, as as- I dig that
1: <laughs> so the, so it's like it's the the whole um the more that you believe in it the more that it becomes real and it can harm you yeah right uh, to a degree, but yeah. it's also the fact that she's digging up these old old things and these old wounds that that are maybe never really actually healed over, mm-hmm. you know, and, and starts exposing that and, like you said, becomes the candy man. That's yeah, I I could totally see that.
2: Yeah, and, and we get that when she went, you know, her and her friend was like, oh, let's try this. You know, you always have that one friend. <laughs> Let's try it. And, you know, they do their candy Candyman's in, in the, in the uh, mirror, but nothing happens at that moment. But it slowly, it's like a slow burn, but I need you to remember. And then that's when you first see it, you know, when he's like, Helen, you know, it's like, and he's like far away, you know, in the parking structure. And it's like, uh and in that walk he seemed like he's like 100 feet tall
0: <laughs> yeah tony oh Todd God. was
2: just a phenomenal actor he's a phenomenal oh, actor yeah. anyway but he's his brought just that his presence
1: to the was ooh huh yeah just his presence yeah. was just incredible yeah
2: <laughs> yeah as soon as you see him you didn't even see now what I like you didn't see the hook yet no he had it no. behind his but he had his arms behind his back but you saw his presence and you knew Something he wasn't That's black. somebody
1: who's not to be fucked with. No, <laughs> like no. yeah
2: and then he, he let's just say he what well, he was a ghostly of the figure of the boogeyman he was the bookie he became real. Let's say he was real, not just in her mind, but he was real. then you have he he needed people to remember him, to bring him back to give him the power he needed. So he found someone who wanted to dig because if you notice, people didn't want to talk about it. You know, it's a rumor; it's it's this and that, but no one talked about it. But she kept digging for it and digging for it and, and revealing and making him stronger. So he found a victim. That's why he kept saying, "Be my victim." He found someone who can help, and he kept and she kept bringing him up, trying to. Prevent convince people that he is real and and he that was was putting you know the gasoline on the fire for him keep doing that helen he was driving her crazy to she was telling people he is real but that's what he needed
1: interesting <laughs> oh, yeah I, I could totally see that it's huh <laughs> Never thought of it that way. I really didn't. It's but but that totally makes sense. It's kind of like a can to the, the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, thing. Like new if you
2: new, yeah, think about New Night. Yeah. remember yeah, No One? Totally. He he was gone for a while. If you remember that, you know the earthquakes and what. Uh, she lives in L.A. Really, you know, Heather Landing Camp her life. There were no more night. There were no more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It kind of stopped. They're going not from Jason versus Freddy, but we're going. You know, yeah, the the actual yeah. French.
1: From, so, from this canon. And
2: then her, I think her husband was, uh, they were doing another film. But he, it started to bring it back.
1: Well, yeah, because like the, the special effects for the, the glove, the mechanical glove, cut somebody. And they're like, well, wait a minute, that's a little crazy. And she had a nightmare about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it started to to begin to remanifest into reality the more that yeah. she believed. But in the it.
2: difference, I think that if, if I'm, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. The difference with that is that um, she needed to remember him in order to keep him at bay.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it ended <laughs> up being. Is if is if you don't keep telling his story, then he will manifest.
2: Because. If you yeah. if you don't yeah if you don't remember him he will make you remember but if you remember him right. he lose his power because you remember well, the story
1: right that's why and, we, and that's yeah. what's interesting is that was kind of the what you're talking about with Candyman was almost the I- idea behind the original uh, premise for what what Jason versus Freddy was supposed to be yeah right mm-hmm. which was that people were treating Freddy as like a joke. Uh, they, they would take pills so that they don't dream and then they would if they did dream they would taunt him because they knew he was basically powerless and then he ended up controlling Jason and having Jason kill people but, but make it look like Freddy did it to yeah yeah that makes sense so so that was the last one on the list I really wanted to hit on but um, like I said I mean it, it, I don't have a specific time limit so Is there another one on the list you really wanted to talk about before we close this out?
2: Um, I want to talk about, oh, there's so many. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. Feel
2: free. Alien, you know, it's one of, it's my second favorite movie. But it's so, I think Alien is a little bit more complex. Um, Well, actually, you know, Child's Play is kind of played out. (laughs) Let's go with something people rarely talk about, which is Alien. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, alien, great film. Uh, just rewind. That was actually one of them I was considering to show my nine-year-old was a alien mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of alien. weird sexuality. I would show part yeah. yeah. Because okay, there is that, a that little may... girl in it. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, okay. uh,
2: she can relate. Like, there's a little girl. The little girl survived longer than everyone. You know, she's a survivor. It's okay. She's not as scared. So I would do that
1: Okay. Plus I just want to show her Sigourney Weaver just being a fucking badass.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. That Ugh. I loved her in the first one, Sigourney Weaver. In the mm-hmm. first one, it kind mm-hmm. of she was kind of more a little bit timid in the beginning and then she was kind of forced to yeah. you know, survive. Yeah, because
1: but I all these dudes were fucking up and just completely inept and she's like, God damn it. All right, fine. <laughs> fine.
2: But two, <laughs> it was like she was she was always she, she was at that point. Of being a badass. But she was like. She was still that wimp though. She was like oh I'm not going back. I told you I'm not going back. But then after having her nightmares. And her nightmare. was, Her nightmare. Was that, that she. Will get one inside her. And she constantly. It haunted her. And her fear. Um, she had to face her fear. By going to help. And it and and I think facing it that's another you know really big in that story if she faces it then and help that fear of being um, attacked, it will go away because now she has you know a, a, a marine group with her, she has scientists with her she has people with her, so she felt she's safe in some way because now you have a force with you but in reality, it didn't matter.
1: <laughs> no, no, not really. And I mean, and it's that's funny you say to face it so much because, like, it's literally a monster that the fear is that it's going to jump under your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the worst thing that it could do to your ass. And, like you said, the fear is that it would get inside of her. So yeah. that makes so much sense.
2: Yeah. I, I, I love Alien. Um, I, I I, I enjoy the entire franchise, but I think aliens, um, you know, James Cameron can really put you in another world. I mean, if you seen his films, if you grew up with his films, if you've watched his films, he has that ability to have you sit in your living room and think you're on Pandora. <laughs> think you're you're on the Titanic, you know, think he, he's such he he's a He's epic, you know. He's an
1: incredible world builder, yeah, for sure.
2: definitely knew. He knows how to do that. The story mm-hmm. we've seen, the stories, is, you know, women save the world, or man meets girl, they fall in love. I mean, we've seen that already. But he can bring a world to you that is flawless. I mean, it's so beautiful. Rather, if you're in space on, on, a, on a ship, or on a world where there's floating mountains, he just knows how to do that. And I think aliens. I, what I, I think aliens had more of a story of a mother's love, because if you realize she she lost her daughter. Well, she didn't lose her daughter. She was in space for a while, and her daughter grew up. And you know how that happens because you're in the cryo. Or whatever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't you know the scientific part of that or but, yeah. whatever. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so her her daughter grew old and. You know, she didn't see her daughter anymore, and and so when she met Newt, it it brought her back to that. Like she's not going to leave this kid. She grew to love. Was a
1: surrogate for her kid. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I think it's playing a part of a mother's love, and what Mm -hmm. and what depth you would do to protect that child. Even from both
1: perspectives, too, right? Like you're also talking about the Queen Alien. Yeah, she.
2: Yeah, the Queen Alien had her baby. It was like, yes. okay, you're going to destroy my babies. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going down. But yeah, it was, I think, see, at that point, what, what I liked about that is when she finally, um, you know, had to find Newt. She went through whatever she, you know, she, the, 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 the whole ship was going to explode, you know. Oh, yeah. And Lance Henriksen, I met him a couple of times. He played oh, really? Bishop. Yeah, I got an autograph and picture with him. I actually interviewed him for my blog, and that's a funny story. (laughs) But yeah, there's a funny story how that went down. (laughs) But I'll 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 talk about that (laughs) later. But but the point um, when that ship was going to explode, it wasn't going to stop her. She was like, "No, I, I gave her that watch. I'm going to find her." So she went down really in the depths of hell. To find that girl, and she, when she thought all hope was lost, you saw you saw that emotion of losing a child. It's like I lost my child, and I'm, lo- yeah, you, I'm doing this again. And then when I, when Newt screamed, it was hope. You see her; she didn't even hesitate. She jumped up, ran, and found her. You know, pulled her out of that Duke and whatever. And then that's when she was like, "Oh crap! <laughs> all these eggs," and when the queen was still laying them, God, that queen was massive. Um, oh,
1: God. The
2: visual of that queen was like... I, I, it,
1: Just intimidating. Yeah, and very like, intimidating. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> and so when she sat you down and they backed away, and she had her blowtorch ready, it was like, okay, we're going to back away. And then um, that moment when the, the other aliens were creeping up, you know to get her and she pointed it at those eggs and that queen was like oh hell no so she told everyone to back off and see that is a mother relationship there you may be a monster but i understand a mother's love or mother mm-hmm. or caring or instinct rather it's those love for your instinct.
1: kids yeah
2: so i'm going to let your babies live if you let my me and my baby live And that was the agreement. And you saw that. But the moment that egg opened, she knew that there was no way to stop that. That means they were all going to open. And she blew them away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, (laughs) psych.
2: I mean, she used everything that she had put together on that gun in that elevator on the way down. And she ran up out, and that queen ripped her, <laughs> whatever it was. Oh yeah, it was like I'm gonna get this bitch. Oh excuse me, mm-hmm. I don't know. if
1: I can- <laughs> No, of course, <laughs> the, the, every one of my episodes is rated explicit. Oh. No, don't even worry. She's about like
2: that. I'm gonna get this bitch, and mm-hmm. was getting her like, and then thought- for real, yeah. And you always have that sense of safe. You know, you get there, Bishop gone. Where the hell is Bishop? He come back. It's unstable. They get on there. Everything seems to be okay. You did good, Bishop. And that queen's like, uh, psych!
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the whole Alien series is so good at doing that. It sets up safe, and then it plays with safe, and it fucks with safe, right? (laughs) So you've got everybody's hanging out, having a real cool dinner in Alien, and everything's all great. And all of a sudden, oh, man, my stomach, I don't feel good. (laughs) And it's like, well, there went safe, you know?
2: Yeah, he was... Oh my God, that is right. Um, he, I forgot what was his name. He was sitting up there eating the noodles and just tearing them up, and all of a sudden, chest is burst. <laughs> like wow, that's horrible. Yeah, this shit just
1: got real. <laughs> just playing, playing with safe like that is such a great way to set up horror. So, but before your theme of uh, the the characters I, I, in this one, you're referring to. I mean, there, there's this interplay between the the both moms. That, that's yeah, it's so interesting because in horror you don't see that like played with a much. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you got kind of the opposite of that with the earlier like Rosemary's Baby or The Omen, mm-hmm. where where it was more about controlling the woman, mm-hmm. you know, and and putting her in in a place that alienates or creates the uncanny with having a child, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess the Duke maybe would be the nearest that you kind of have where the kids both like, I'm afraid of this kid, but I also got to protect this kid.
2: I almost, when I watched Duke, I was rooting for something to get the kid. I mean, that kid yeah.
1: was... <laughs> that kid sucked.
2: In the car scene alone, I was
1: yeah. just like,
2: bring on Babadook. I was, I was, I couldn't, I I just... Oh my yeah. God. It was yeah. I, I could he needed an ass whooping. I mean, it was like oh, come <laughs>
1: on. <laughs> You're telling the mom, like, look, I know shit is not good right now, but you gotta like take care of your kid. What are you
2: doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um the last thing to say about the aliens, it definitely veered off <laughs> into other parts. Um, alien versus predator. Not a lot of people talk about it, but I did enjoy it. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was very fun, and I love Sinead Lathan. And when I saw her, she was in it. Um, my thought was she was going to die, because you don't see too many black stars in um, big Hollywood budget films live. So when she lived and was fighting alongside the Predator, I was just like, well, you go, girl. Okay. And she did a phenomenal job people were waiting for her to continue but for whatever reason it didn't happen but whatever she put in you know in her character and she did such a great job with that and it was a
1: great movie and then
2: there was covenant and um prometheus and that's another podcast (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> no. that, that's a different subject altogether that, i think
2: <laughs> yeah i watched prometheus 5 times oh wow great Beca- not all at once but different times because yeah, yeah, yeah. i felt like i was missing something and i was like oh i'll watch it again and i watched it again and i watched it and every time it cut off i sit there with a question mark over my head like as what and covenant just really just <sighs> really just you want to love it. I but... couldn't. I enjoyed it. I loved the death scenes in it. The I mean, there were some messed up. That thing coming out his back was just horrible. Uh, I thought it was one of the best. But when you find out how it began, you're just sitting there, just like this is some old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's always disappointing man i
2: mean i love i i i never talk bad about horror films because they're all um uh, they're subjective what you love i may not love and it's okay mm-hmm. you have
0: that's why there's yeah, a exactly gazillion.
2: but there's mm-hmm. some story plots that just had more holes than switch cheese. i i just couldn't understand that and why it was why <laughs>
1: but yeah Anyway. You gotta love them warts and all, you know. It's it is what it is. (laughs)
2: Definitely.
1: So all right. Going over all this stuff, and and uh one of the common things that I'll do on this podcast is we we've talked kind of in depth about these series, and everybody kind of knows them, and everybody kind of loves the ones that we've talked about. But let's say you listen to this podcast and you're like, man, I'm I just want a little bit more. I want something else I could just throw in tonight, put it on the, the Netflix or whatever the streaming service or go buy the Blu-ray, I don't know, that is in this feel for you, is in this genre maybe of horror, just just to get a little extra, uh, maybe that, that's underrepresented. It's just something that you don't see every day or that maybe not a lot of people recommend. What What would your recommend b and if you need i can go first because you know give you a little time to think and i'm springing this on you (laughs) kind of last Uh, well you
2: could go first
1: sure so i would say um one of them i think that's interesting and it has kind of interesting it plays around a lot with this theme is it follows oh yeah uh it's I know a lot of people have probably seen it, but but I think that it's a it's almost a meta version of this classic slasher horror. I'd say it's probably the last slasher like true slasher quote unquote horror movie to come out in recent history, and I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but the feeling of being relentlessly pursued by this force that also is inevitable. it's something you i mean you do have control over it. don't get me wrong but as, as a human and as an animal, you, you kind of don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was just like, man, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be in some trouble here. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's what I would recommend. And if you want to have something that's like playful and kind of messes around with the formula, but, but for fun cabin in the woods, if you haven't seen it is, it's a good time. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Cap- Kevin Woods um, it Follows is one of my top ten. Really? Um, oh, I love that movie. When, when I first watched it, I was like... Uh, it, you know, when it, when it begins, you have no idea what the hell is going on. You just see this kid just running. <laughs> and you're like... Oh. But you could see, even in the distance, she was scared of something. And it was like she ran a full circle. And then you still don't see anything. You don't see anything. She runs out. She in car. She makes a phone call, whatever, and then what? It, it it just put it out there, and then it gets into you. Meet this young girl and her friends, and this la la la. I, I love that seven. It gives you that late. I mean, early seventies look. That peace and love look to it. That old. I I really do love that look. That it, it the film it gave. Yeah.
1: It's interesting because, like, it's so it never really expressly gives you a real good sense of time and place. Mm-mm. But you're right; it so feels like a Halloween, like an original Halloween mm-hmm. series. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, definitely. And then it just you just constantly pursue, it and you see the fear that no one else can see it. That that's the thing. But then it's like what I, I really loved about that film is that. Is it in her head? You know, am I crazy? But then when, when you, you, you see that moment when, no, these are real. It's just they only pursue when you have sex and you're infected. Um, I guess it's the, the modern day version of you having an STD <laughs> that yeah. stays with you. Yeah. It just keeps coming.
1: Uh, and if you engage with another person in your friend group you're like, "Well, I'm I'm dooming this person." <laughs> yeah. You know, like But
2: that moment when they were at the beach and you see something walking up and you're just like, "Okay, okay." And it gets closer. Okay. And then then you don't see it. They cut it out. And then all you see is her hair go up and then everyone saw that.
0: Yeah. So that's oh, when you man. get
2: it. Okay. Everyone can see this. This entity is real and physical, but you can only see it once you're infected.
1: Yeah, and oh, and her friends like are trying to help, but they can't see yeah. the thing. Like that's oh, so good.
2: They're like point to it. Where do you see it? It's right there. And then it gets it get you know when they get into that that shed and the door blows open, and then she just takes off. And then especially when they're at the pool.
1: Oh yeah. I love that they're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. They're like, fuck it. I don't know what's gonna kill the thing. Let's try to like electrocute it. I don't know.
2: But they were real and then not only that, what what else I loved about that film is friendship. It played a big part. Um you have the entity chasing her, but I don't think it was about that. It was about the 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 depth your friends would go to save you, to help even risk their lives and that's a close friendship which you don't really have that much
1: no not especially like not in this these movies it's um it's funny yeah it's really about it's really kind of about that it's really about kind of like working together friendship and and, in relationships and and Unfortunately, like the consequence sometimes of those relationships, which yeah, which is the, the and they were young you too. The, they wasn't an the adult, curse. yeah.
2: You know, they were young oh, yeah. and and risking themselves for for their friend they'd known for years, and and that that's what I really loved and focused on in that film. Yeah, the monster is scary. Boogie, I mean that that was horrifying. You don't know what it looks like. It's just walking slowly and getting you. But
1: and it can be anybody. It can be it can look like whatever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It come at any moment. But the friendships, I mean, they stuck by her I mean, one got shot. I mean, it just <laughs> no one said anything. She in the hospital reading reading her little stories and they're just laying yeah. there, you know, while she's drink eating her her, her jello, <laughs> drinking her juice. <laughs> they're all there. That that was important friendship was a big play in
1: it it was a good one
2: very so i guess that's my turn <laughs> what i would recommend yeah, yeah. uh i'm gonna go old school okay um i'm gonna well one of them is old school because you you did two um I,
1: you don't have to do
2: too. okay well i'm gonna go old school really old uh i'm gonna go with house on haunted hill the vincent oh, oh, price
0: Yes. yes. I think it was 1956. Yes,
2: it was. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm going with old school. I love old school um black and white uh I I I just it's just so I I I enjoy watching Vincent Price. He always seems to put his little two cents in and you either laugh or are terrified. Um <laughs> uh, but House on Haunted Hill is one of those films, I think, um, especially if you're into, um, horror, um, you should really watch the old, especially the 50s. Um, they, they play a lot of parts. Uh, they play a part in what we watch today because a lot of remakes and, and a lot of studies came from these old school films, um. But House on Haunted Hill, you know, always, it plays on a lot of things. Um, You know, you have the hysterics of the, you know, the guests coming there. And, you know, they're, you know, if they survive the night, they get money. And then you have him and his wife, you know, going at each other's throats, um, maybe literally. (laughs) Um, And it's funny. It has elements of humor. And fear, and it plays it very well. Um, it's it's such a balance in that film that I, I really did admire. And um, it's it's not just like Vincent Price, you know, he's he's very charming in his roles, but the story alone really plays, you know, on the comedy aspects of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they, they I think comedy adds so much to horror. I mean, the two are like intertwined so much. Yeah.
2: And I think it, it and it's well balanced in that film um you're you're pretty terrified when you see you know this old lady pushing herself towards you know a woman she's like screaming, and then the skeleton you know put his hand on her, and you know things like that it's like terrifying and when you watch it now that, that's a lot of things I really try to tell people when you watch those type of movies now, yeah, they may look ridiculous, but don't look at that. Look at, you've got, you got to think about the time. They don't have the technology and things like that. They were focused on good acting and the story. That's all they had back then. If you were terrible, it showed.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to exactly take it with, with historical context. Yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that one up. Just a couple of episodes ago, we did an entire retrospective on Dark Castle Entertainment, which we did. House on Haunted Hill, Thirteen Ghosts, Ghost Ship, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of the old uh William Castle horror movies. So so uh yeah, I, I would absolutely suggest people go out and see the original House on Haunted Hill. It's it's fun because it's you'll you'll watch that and then you'll see, oh well that's where that trope came from. Yeah. Oh well, well mm-hmm. okay, so this is why we do this now, and this is what things are doing now that are kind of um playing with that trope. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And in some instances, I mean, with those old effects, because they were limited to practical effects, I think in some ways it actually looks a lot better and holds up a lot better uh, than digital. You know, the the bad CGI will never be as good-looking as the squibs on the original Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and, you know, and I recently saw The Screaming Skull, and I was just... <laughs> it was... <laughs> It wasn't ridiculous at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, wow. It, it had so much mystery, had thriller in there. You were just like, oh, that dude right there. He did like we, I, me, and my husband found each other like talking to the, to the TV. Oh, <laughs> no,
0: yeah. he
2: did it. Oh, wait, what? Well, she's gonna find out. It brought back that old, that you know, back in the day where you just like you be you you become the character with the character you like yeah, yeah
1: you're participating with them in the movie i do this all the time it drives my wife nuts i'm like what the fuck are you doing going over there you idiot you know what's gonna yep see i told you <laughs> guys getting his head cut off i'm like i told you you dumb son of a bitch
2: and, and, it, and you have to think it, those films are very dramatic the acting mm-hmm. when she's in hysterics, she's in hysterics. Like, ah! Oh, he's yeah. like shaking her
1: <laughs> over the top. Yeah, I mean, because you've got people that are like from a theater background, yeah. so they're playing to the back of the uh, back of the theater. You know, it's it's and then the the music and yeah, very atmospheric too. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, because in the fifties, TV is new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. TV is new. It was radio
2: was in, and then it converted to TV, and the people would go to the theater. So, and then the the, and then you had the talkies and things like that that came in the in the thirties. But you know when that transferred over from theater and people's radio and listening to the broadcast of plays and a really good one is of that of how it affects people was War of the Worlds, you know, Orson Welles. But if you when TV started coming in in the fifties and they were expensive, it's like you're watching this these actors you know they like you said they came with backgrounds of theater so when you do theater you have to project yourself not only in the front and the back too so yeah
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah no it's phenomenal like you watch it like wow <laughs> people used to be really talented man <laughs> like i was just actually talking to somebody about this fred astaire and singing in the oh, rain like love- you look at this, okay, so the guy's got to dance, uh-huh. right? The guy's got to sing, he's got to act, right? And there's a scene, he's he's singing and dancing up and down these stairs, <laughs> yeah. where, and it's raining, right? But this is fake rain, and he's wearing a wool suit. And he complained, like, oh, I'm getting a little tired doing this, you know? So they let him take a break, they, they, they let him take the, the wool suit that's now soaked from this fake rain off of him, and just as a lark, they're like, all right, we'll weigh it. The suit he was weighing war 80 pounds. Damn. And this dude is singing and not losing his breath and dancing up and down stairs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we get impressed when people do their own stunts nowadays, <laughs> but damn. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't think Vin Diesel could sing while he's playing Well, Reddick. to
2: add on that, um, he also had the flu. Yeah,
1: and yeah. And had a fever. That's right.
2: And the show must go on.
1: Yep. And Sing sure in on. the Rain
2: is one of my favorite films.
1: Oh. I okay.
2: Okay. loved it. And because you see the talent. You see mm-hmm. there was no auto tune. There
0: was no, no, no.
2: They danced that number. What you see, what yep. long takes? It would not cut here. Move the camera over there. Yeah. Move the camera over there. Have twenty cameras everywhere. No,
1: right. They did. Well, plus, it was film. It wasn't yeah. digital. So, like, you know, you don't, you don't get it in enough takes. They'll just start beating. You, you know, like, <laughs> film was expensive. Look, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. So they did such a phenomenal job with that. But I would say House on Haunted Hill. Old school, if not that one, 13 Ghosts, any of the, the 50s, mid 50s, like 52, 53, um, mid 50s, them, um, those kind of films really brought to the table what is important in the film industry. And we use those today. I, you know, it doesn't matter who's in them, you know, it's the story behind it and the facts about it and the creativity that they put into it. And that's what we have yeah.
1: today. Well, the story must be told. Yes. <laughs> we, 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 we keep going with it. Well, all right. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I had a really good time talking to you uh, about all of this stuff. Uh, so if if my fans want to reach out and uh, they, they want to get a little bit more from you, uh, where, where can they find you? What do you want to promote? Well,
2: um, well everything. Because I'm mostly on Twitter. Um, and Instagram that that's, those are the two I'm like always on, <laughs> but horror movies and beyond, if you type that anywhere, I'm the only thing that pops up. <laughs> so, and then also I have uh, a YouTube and, uh, that, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm still learning everything <laughs> when it comes to YouTube, but. I find it is really fun and one thing about I would like people to understand that in my YouTube videos I always try to incorporate part of the film in my reviews. and so it, it just I think it's it's just fun to do you know last one I did reanimator um I just ask you know Barbara Crampton like Megan in reanimator uh hey uh you like to help me and she was like sure wow (laughs) and i was like oh and i wrote her a little script and exactly what you see in there is exactly how i write how i wrote it
1: that's amazing Um, and that i haven't seen that one of yours yet my wife just watched it she told me it was phenomenal (laughs) i've got i've got to go see that now (laughs) so you sold me on it this is great
2: and and the, the first one i did when incorporating was host, when that came out, and so you know, I had a candle, and then all of a sudden there was an interruption, and blah blah blah. So, and th- and when I did that the first time, I was like, I like this. So I did Reanimator. It was tough, but I did it, and I still love it. So from now on, there's going to be some element of whatever the movie that I put out there that I'm reviewing, you're going to see in it. Rather, it could be an actor an actress, or uh, props, a stunt, I don't know. (laughs) You just have to find out when you watch it, so.
1: I love it. You're putting your own little (laughs) personal touch on it all. I love that. I really do.
2: Hey, it comes from being in film school.
1: So, Ah, there's a lot of things that people don't (laughs) know about. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a drama nerd. I, I, it's funny you mentioned War of the Worlds. One of the plays that we did was was a War of the Worlds based play, and they're like, uh, "All right, everybody, uh, get your roles. Uh, Eddie, you're the guy who's off the screen, and you're the announcer on the radio." And I'm like, "Well, why?" They're like, "Well, because you're 14 and you, you still uh, you have the voice you you have that I have today." So <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, great, that's fun. I don't get to be in front of people. All right, I guess I can be behind a microphone. I'm good at that." so that's great yeah thanks for joining me everybody go out and check out all of uh, check out your YouTube check out your your uh, Instagram your Twitter I love your Twitter account by the way you've got some great stuff that you put on there Uh, (laughs) yeah so horror movies and beyond absolutely just Google it
2: and everything will come up
1: Everything will come. Yeah, I love that. So for me, if you Google Bloody Bits, everything I have comes up. So that's good. And speaking of, there's a new thing that's going to come up for Bloody Bits. Uh, Well, it won't be so new now because this is coming out in October. But if you haven't already, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash bloody bits, where we have, uh, well, we've added a few things. We've got our own little kind of streaming service. If you want a bunch of bad 70s, 80s, and 90s maybe horror movies, you can dip in and stream some of those. Uh, as well as we've got a radio station that is streaming 24-7. Right now there's a lot of coast-to-coast AM, but we're, uh, we're adding nightly uh, old-time radio horror dramas. So take a look at that. We also host every weekend a live stream uh, from my collection here that's, you know, since we're all locked up because of the pandemic, uh, horror is a shared experience. Everybody can jump in, get in the chat room, and, and have a good time.
2: That sounds pretty cool. All right.
1: That's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. It is. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing your time with me today. It's You're welcome. I really appreciate it. And I had a very good time talking to you.
2: I did too. This, this was very, I learned stuff too. <laughs> yeah.
1: I learned a lot today, and that's all I need. So. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And this is how I ended.
3: Don't let him come too close to you, he'll catch you if he can. Just pretend that you're a crocodile, and you will find that bogeyman will run away a mile. Say shoo shoo, and stick him with a pin. Bogeyman will very nearly jump out of his skin. Say buzz buzz, just like the wasp that stings. Bogeyman will think you are an elephant with wings. Hush, 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 here comes the bogeyman. Tell him you've got soldiers in your bed. For he will never guess that they are only made of lead. Say hush, hush, he'll think that you're asleep. If you make a lovely snore away, he'll softly creep. Sing this tune, you children one and all. Bogeyman will run away, he'll think it's Henry Hall. When the shadows of the evening creep across the sky, and your mommy comes upstairs to sing a lullaby, tell her that the bogeyman no longer frightens you. Uncle Henry's very kindly told you what to do. Hush, hush, hush. Here comes the bogeyman, don't let him come too close to you, he'll catch you if he can. Just pretend your teddy bear's a dog, then shout out fetch him teddy, and he'll hop off like a frog. (laughs) Say meow, pretend that you're a cat. He'll think you may scratch and that will make him fall down flat. Just pretend he isn't really there. You will find that bogeyman will finish in thin air. Here's one way to catch him without fail. Just keep a little salt with you and put it on his page.